Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Game of Thrones podcast. I am your host, Carmine of Red Team Review, and I'm joined here once again by the next mayor of Quahog, Preston Jacobs. Preston? I'm going to get all the A's out of my body. Ah, uh, ah, uh, okay. It, it, it took you a while to get that one, huh? Ah, uh, so, it's a mayor, that's a Mayor West thing. So guys, welcome back to episode 5 of the podcast. They will be focusing on episode 2 of season 7 of Thrones, and we'll be giving you guys our thoughts on it. As always, we're available on SoundCloud and iTunes, so be sure to check us out there, and please leave your thoughts in the comments section. We may cover them in the next episode. Also guys, if you're listening to us on iTunes, please do leave a review for us, because we do enjoy reading them. So, Preston, episode 2, mm. on a scale from 1 to 10. Go ahead. Uh, I would give it a seven. A seven? Uh, I, oh my god! I was, at, let me let me keep in uh, mind. I gave I gave like episode one a five. I, so. I don't know. Maybe I'm channeling my inner Chad Summerchild here, but uh, uh, at least an eight point five. I, it would be a nine if the fucking last battle was not in the dark. I mean, are you, are you trying to tell me that it's on season one level? I mean, mm, those okay. are all those episodes. Are those episodes? I mean, are those episodes all nines and tens. So. Okay, fine. I mean, I a seven point inflation. Seven point nine for me. Yeah, I'm. I'm saying it's it's one of the best episodes we've seen in a long time mm-hmm. from Game of Thrones. I mean, maybe since the the Hodor episode. Um, so it was, you know, I mean, not not too much happens, but it was solid. There not was too of... much happens. Why do you people say that? A lot of things happened. Okay. Some characters were end, killed. Yeah, so. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I take it back. Nymeria shows up and does nothing. Okay, that doesn't happen. But John's gonna go meet up with Danny. A lot of things happen. You're not the only ones to say this. Two, two Nymerias showed up in this episode. Just saying, you know. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) Okay, so let's start off in King's Landing because not a lot did happen in King's Landing. The one thing I will say I'm really disappointed is that Cersei did not use her blowing up the Sept as uh, propaganda against Danny because that was. You know, even though that was wildfire, nobody fucking knows the difference between wildfire and dragon fire. Cersei could have said, you know, that uh, blowing up the Sep was a preliminary attack from Danny. She didn't use that to her advantage. Or she could have said it was the Mad King's wildfire and it blew up the Sept and this is the Mad King's daughter. Mm. And this is just a reminder of the Targaryen rule. Propaganda. I mean, it's, yeah. Right. I mean, the fact that both Sansa and Hot Pie... Uh, believe that Sans, uh, that Cersei blew up the Sept is pretty horrible. I mean, it, it's really tough to believe that anyone in Westeros would possibly follow Cersei, knowing that she blew up the Sept. Right. It's 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 a ridiculous thing that that they did. It's, um, I mean, we can rail on it on about it forever, but it's just they they could have easily tried to fix it by by having Cersei say, "Oops, it wasn't me. Oops, it was the, it was." The Mad King's wildfire. Oops! It was spies from Daenerys. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I did but, not like uh, that she did no. that, but I, but I do like that she's uh, she called in the. Uh, I want to say those were the Lords of the Reach. She called them in, and uh, she was basically trying to turn them against Elena. And she has she has a good reason with that one. Bringing Dothraki to uh, Westeros, not a good idea. Even if, even if they are on your side, the Dothraki can't be reined in. That's the whole point of who they are. I mean, she said only some of them were from the Reach, so I imagine it was Stormlanders and Riverlanders as well. But um, there are like ten people it, there. I I don't want to think that 
there are only ten <laughs> people still on Cersei's side. I I want to I want to assume there are more people on her side. I mean, it's smart move to. I mean, they overpowered Danny in the last episode of last season, mm-hmm. and they need they need to undo that by saying, okay, well, she doesn't have she doesn't have the whole reach, you know, mm-hmm. which, which smart. Um, of course, you know, having people teleport to King's Landing is one thing, but but yes, they need they need to depower Danny so that it's a fight. They it was just it was it was really ridiculous that Danny had so much going for her at the end of sixth season and so now they're doing all of this work to to get rid of that and now and that was the the point of this episode because we also yeah. see uh in the basement kyburn who was absent in last episode has a dragon killing weapon anti-dragon weapons ready uh for cersei to use yes and then they had they had <laughs> daenerys's team's horrible military strategy just dreadful military strategy. Well, we'll get to that in a minute but uh <laughs> okay, okay. the king's landing stuff <laughs> did you notice that they also replaced uh, Dickon, Dickon. So why did why did they why did they switch actors? According to this article, it's due to filming restrictions. They do this often, where one actor is supposed to come back later on when they're done filming this other thing, but that thing takes too long, and by contract obligation, they can't leave. So then the show casts someone else. But uh, Billy Bones is from this show on Stars. I think Stars or Showtime called Black Sails. First season, eh? It's uh, Treasure Island. It's the retelling of Treasure Island. Oh, I see. You know Treasure Island, right? Um, I'm pirates. Yeah. Treasure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, Billy Bones uh, shows up. What do you think of the whole Rando Tarly? Like, do you think he's gonna side with Elena, or do you think he's gonna side with the Lannisters? I think he's gonna side with the Lannisters. Um, it was. I mean, yes, it's ridiculous that he somehow got from, from, you know, the south side of the Reach to to King's Landing, but. I, I think, you know, I think the scene made sense. You know, he's got split loyalties. And some people some people were complaining, like, well, why did he come to King's Landing if he had loyalty to, to Alina? And I was like, because he, he was playing hard to get and he wanted, he wanted something. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody's, you know, I think he, I read the scene like he wanted to be, to take over the Reach, you know? They're giving him the Reach. Or at least, you know, it's hard to say what being warden of, of the South means, but I took it to be, they're going to displace the Tyrells as the rulers of the reach. Um, which, which, yeah, that's, that's a good move. It's a good thing to offer. It makes sense. Um, you're, you're, you know, you're splitting the reach. You're, you're getting forces. You're getting the best general in, in Westeros. Um, it's, uh, it's, it, it was, it was, it was a very smart move from, from, uh, Jamie and, uh, it was a good use of Tarly, yeah. I so so a lot of people get also some people say, oh, I can't believe Randall Tarly uh, switched sides. Like he should be more honorable. He made this vow to to the, the Tyrells, and now he's flipping. And I was like, that's they're not quite reading Randall Tarly correctly. Like Randall Tarly, yeah, he's gonna have some of that honor thing, but he's not Ned honor. Like Randall Tarly is more about he's all about being a man. It's all man's man. It's about it, it, that's the thing, and so the betray, or at least in the books, like it's about being a man. Mm. And this is, I mean, Sam specifically says like, "Oh, I bet my I bet my dad would think it was really cool that I I impregnated a wildling and produced a bastard." That's very different from say how Tywin or Ned would have felt right about 
about somebody producing a bastard, they would have been like, oh my God, you, you had extramarital sex and produced a bastard? Like, you've brought just, you know, shame upon our house. Randall Tarley would have been like, oh yeah, you're a man. You got to bang a wildling. <laughs> like, they like to haunt and, and, and you know, you got to be butch. Um, that's what Randall Tarley is about. He's mm-hmm. about, you know, hyper-masculinity. Which is why the betrayal of his wife and his daughter giving him lip was a little off in the show. Um, you know, that, that he, he sends Sam to the wall because Sam is so pathetic and not a man, but then he lets, you know, his daughter and wife kind of walk all over him. So that, that betrayal is a little weird. So, so believing that Randall Tarley would, would betray the Tyrells, yeah, sure. It, it, he's, he's not honor-obsessed. He's, he's masculinity-obsessed. So, you know, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with him betraying the Tyrells and, and being like, I, I, get to, I get to rule the Reach? Awesome. You know. I, hmm. Do you, do you think we'll even see the, the, uh, the, Tarly, the Tarly army come in and, and, and fuck shit up? Do you think we'll, uh, because you're right. You're right about one thing. Danny has way too much power. And this episode was about taking her down a notch. And yeah. it needs to be more of a fair fight because when you have dragons in the equation, it's usually not that fair. It's very one-sided. But she can keep her dragons. However, her forces will be whittled down. So do you think well, Cersei, including the Tarly army in her ranks, makes it more, a little bit more balanced? It should. She has, the best, she has the best general in Westeros, and apparently Danny has the worst uh, general in Westeros. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, what about the anti-dragon weapons? That, that being Cersei's trump card, you think that'll work against uh, the dragons? Because she did <laughs> see a test it's of kind it. Of fu- it's kind of funny how they like made this big deal out of it. Oh, I've got this secret weapon. Oh, you built a really big crossbow. Okay. <laughs> uh, it, I, I would have been worried. Like, I don't want Kyburn leading me down into a... Uh, a dungeon. Cersei is fearless. <laughs> you know, if Kybert says to you, hey, let's go down to the dungeon together. I'm like, nope. <laughs> nope. You are the last person I am going down into a dungeon with. <laughs> Ever. No, 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 no. I'd rather go down with Littlefinger. Um, <laughs> but yes, the, 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 I think it's a bit of foreshadowing. Um, you know, uh, you know, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely something that's, uh, that's going to be useful those uh those anti-dragon weapons we know that one dragon this season uh is likely to go down do you yes. think that cersei will be taking out another one of danny's dragons with those anti-dragon weapons um i i actually think that there will be a different type of anti-dragon weapon that will pacify the dragon and and so that you would have a third dragon rider on the third team right so Currently, we have three teams, right? We've got, we've got Cersei, Euron, we've got Danny, and we've got John. Oh, actually, no. And then we have, I'm sorry, we have John, Danny. They're going to be a team. We have Cersei, Euron. They're a team. And then we have the Knights King, right? So I think a dragon needs to get to the Cersei, Euron team somehow. And I think that, so I think like a massive net or a chain to bring it to the ground or something, and then, you know, another Dragon Rider. I mean, I, you know. I, I don't think we're going to get a Dragon Rider on the Euron-Cersei team. I mean, the whole dra- dragon dragon binding and dragon riding is maybe a thing in the books, but in the show, having someone on top of a dragon, I not to be an asshole, but that, that looks like it costs a lot of money, and uh, mm. 
if we can't get if we can't give one uh, one a giant shield last episode and uh, last season and include Ghost in the Battle of Bastards, then there's no way there's gonna be at least three. There, there, okay, for season eight, I'm expecting a dragon versus dragon battle where people are riding them, but there's no way that we're yeah. gonna get like Euron or maybe Jamie on top of a dragon. They're they're probably gonna take out one of Danny's other dragons. Euron is Euron is crazy enough to ride a dragon. Oh god, and yeah. And I do think that you don't need to have any dragon binding. You just need to, as I say, nettle a dragon. Meaning, uh, in in you know, for for those that didn't read uh, Princess and the Queen, which is everybody uh, <laughs> in in the Princess and the Queen, um, there is a there is a a young girl named Nettles, Nettie. And, uh, and she just, she doesn't bind a dragon or anything. She just puts some sheep out and this dragon named Sheep Stealer eats them. And then he gets all comfortable because he's eaten some sheep. And then she climbs on top and it's as simple as that. Um, what the fuck? Are you, are you serious? Yeah. Which one, which book? I haven't read this one. Is it like a major book or like a little comic? Uh, no, it's, uh, it's, it's one of the short stories that, that has come out of, the big Targaryen history tomb. So there's two released right now. One one that deals with the Dance of the Dragons called The Princess and the Queen. Mm-hmm. And then one that leads up to the uh, leads um, with Daemon Targaryen, not Daemon Blackfire, but Daemon Targaryen and leading up to the Dance of the Dragons. And that's called The Rogue Prince. I got you. Um, and then later this summer, he's going to release a third one that deals with... Um, not Aegon, but the next kings, Aenys, uh, and and Maegor, Maegor the Cruel, and so, um, and eventually he's gonna, you know, have the whole tomb out. He he actually is claiming that next year. Uh, oh, that's right. I, I heard rumors yeah. about that that he wants to release the Fire and Blood book, the giant tome of Targaryen history. All right, we're we're getting way off track here, but uh, sure. I did not. I yeah, I did not know that there was a, a princess and the queen. I like. Where's the short stories on his blog, or he originally he originally released them in um, one of them is released in a in a, a sci-fi fantasy collection called Warriors, and the other is released in a sci-fi uh, fantasy collection called Dangerous Women. And um, <clears throat> so, it, it that that you can uh, you can find them online you can find the pdfs pretty easily <laughs> we'll, we'll have to go back into this later but the king's yeah. landing stuff you liked it you didn't like it i thought it was great i thought it was fine mm-hmm. uh it worked for me um uh you know i there there are two big things that i liked about the episode and that is depowering danny and making things even um and um and also there was a lot of continuity in this episode I'm not saying it was, you know, they resolved a lot of the issues from the continuity, but at least they brought stuff up and recognized it. And, you know, I'm a sucker for that. I think it was you who said this. This episode was basically trying to connect this season to the rest of the the other seasons. Yes. Mm -hmm. Especially, especially first season. There were so many references to first season. But, um, but yeah, it's a different, it was a different writer, uh, uh, this episode than than the than the past few. And what was his uh, job to to basically correct the mistakes from the first episode? 
and, and the and like the last three of last season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it was Brian Cogman wrote this one while while you know D and D had been reading writing the other ones. Brian Cogman, you know, the last episode he wrote was the leading up to. Not the one where Arya goes Terminator, but the one before that was his as well. That was the one, um, the one where she originally gets stabbed. He wrote, but not the one where she's miraculously healed. That's a D and don't really remember much of season six at this point. I remember the five good episodes we got, and then yeah. yeah. All right, so you want to get into why why Danny's generals are terrible? Let's get into <laughs> the Dragonstone uh, scenes. I will say that. At first, I was not. I wanted Danny and Varys to bring up that conversation that should have been had last season, but I'm finally glad we got it this time around. I will say, though, I do like that she has a little bit of dragon blood in her, and that, in a sense, she was kind of playing Varys a little to see where his loyalties truly lie. Um, but she took him to task. I like that. But I think she went just a little bit overboard. She has to remember. I want her to remember that, yeah, even though Varys did all these things, he kind of had to. But at the same time, he did bring you a bunch of allies. Right. I mean, I wish they, I wish Varys would have just said, yeah, it was part of the whole freaking plan. It was like my scheme. And she would be like, what? And he's like, you were never, like, they could have had it be, you were never in danger when I tried to poison you. And mm-hmm. she would have been, she would have said, what? And he's like, why do you think I informed Jorah to save you? You know, they could have played it like that. It was, it was my plan the whole time. And, you know, and then why, you know, why did you support my brother? Because you're, he was a Targaryen. I support Targaryens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and she could have been like, why did you support Robert? I was never re- supporting Robert. I was waiting for the right moment to bring you guys back. I was always a Targaryen supporter. They could have had it like that. Instead, they made it, instead they made, you know, Varys, the, the, the kind of uh, man of the people, Marxist mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, which they didn't need to do. They could have just said, I support, I support Targaryens. I supported your father. I supported your brother. And now I support you. You, you, you were never in danger. Um, I planned the whole thing. The one thing I, I, I hate that they don't do with Varys is we don't, we don't know much backstory about him other than that when he was younger, he got his, uh, his genitals cut off and by some kind of sorcerer. Yeah, we got through all that bullshit, whatever. But yeah. why does he support the Targaryens so much? Is it because he's all about the people? Okay, fine. But you're you're originally from Essos, so why do you care about the Westerosi people so much? Like, what's what's your whole deal behind that? And they're probably not going to go into his backstory, which really fucking irks me. I hope they do, but yeah. mm, I feel like that's I more mean, of a book and, thing. And that's the weird that's the weird disconnect as well. If Varys is this man of the people, okay, why did he support? Viserys. Not that Viserys is a cruel guy. He was just an he was just a mean and you know physically and and verbally abusive dude. Um, but you know, Viserys he was no he was no Joffrey. He wasn't you know mm-hmm. killing puppies. Uh, he was just he was just a big insecure jerk, paranoid jerk. Um, so. But still, what made Viserys a good ruler? Why would you support Viserys if you were a man of the people? Um, why would you support Danny if you were a man of the people? <laughs> like, Danny's never done anything. I mean, yeah, she, she freed the slaves, but at the same time, she crucified people. She fed innocent men to dragons. Um, well, well, we didn't know they were innocent at the time. 
she, I mean, she didn't know they were innocent at the time, but she fed somebody. She forced a guy to marry her. She, she, she fed an innocent dude to a dragon. Well, she once you put it him. that way, I mean, geez, she sounds like a monster, but still. I mean, that, I just don't, I don't understand. I mean, I'm not saying that Daenerys is the worst human being in the world, but she's, she's certainly no better. She's certainly worse than King Robert. If you're talking about heart um, and, and, you know, cruelty, like, Robert Baratheon never did anything like that. So I don't, you know, I, I don't, I mean, I don't understand why a man of the people is like, why are they so inspired by Danny? That's what I don't understand. I think she's inspirational if you're a hardcore feminist, but other than that, then other than, you know, freeing the slaves, she doesn't really do too much for me to think that she's incredibly inspirational or just an icon. It, it, what, I re- what I really enjoyed about her season one arc is that she goes from being timid and shy to someone that I can actually like, someone who's not a pushover. I get that the immunity of fire and all that and the reborn the dragons are inspirational to a few people, but if you take away her dragons, all you have is the immunity to fire, which at best can be a cool party trick. You know, this is also a dangerous discussion topic too, especially in today's world where everyone's offended by anything. Dislike and Danny can sometimes be a douchey move to other people because they'll label you as someone who can't handle a strong female in power. I dislike her a little in the show because of her arrogance, and that frustrates me a little because we like our people in power to have some sense of humility and not having their head up their own ass. It's hard to write a character like her, for the show at least, where she doesn't sound so arrogant and sometimes dumb. George wrote her in the books, in my opinion, as a young girl learning about herself and the world around her, while in the show they just want to prop her up as a symbol of feminine power without really earning it. They want to prop her up so quickly and not just work towards it. Once again, I don't know if this is due to Amelia Clark's acting or their writing for her, but you're right, Danny doesn't do too much for me to sit there and be mesmerized by just her being on screen. And I, and I don't want to Danny bash, because they do the same thing with John. Mm-hmm. Like, John is... They put the ins- inspirational music behind him, and then he's he's everybody like worships him, and I'm like, what has Jon Snow ever done that's been any good? Well, I well, like I, I I can argue against that one. He he's done a lot of things for the good of that one region, maybe not the good of everybody else, but you know he did save the Wildlings. He did lead the attack against the mutineers. What, wait, all all three of them? All three of them that are left? <laughs> I mean. He tried, though. He tried. He let, he let the wildlings through the wall, and then and then sent them into a a, a like horrible war, and <laughs> where they all got killed except for like three of them. Like he <laughs> like, what was so inspira- Like, what's so inspirational about that? He tried, though. He tried. Um, I, I mean, the wildlings did have to. F- Preston, don't fucking argue with me on this. Like, come on. <laughs> like, he, he, the Wildlings did have to fucking join his army. Otherwise, Ramsey and the Boltons would have just destroyed them anyway. So they kind of did have to intervene. But he, he tried to save the Wildlings. He tried his best to lead the defense of Castle Black to keep, you know, the order there. He tr- he went out and killed the mutineers. He did his best to try to infiltrate Mance Raider's camp. He he does his best, but he does more than Danny. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, Danny freed the slaves. Yeah, so, I mean, but it's hard. It's hard, like Danny freed the slaves. It's hard to not like think of that as a huge deal. Um, and she didn't lead all of them into into battle to get slaughtered. They're all you know living so awesomely under Dario right now. So are they living under Dario? Like, what's happening over there in the Marine? We are we never gonna get like a res- resolution to that? 
we just have to assume that it's like complete and utter peace and prosperity. Oh god. That's 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 the assumption. That a sellsword captain <laughs> you know A sellsword captain is uh living the life as the new king of marine. Yeah. And I think he's I think he's got all three cities. Does he? I think so. Well nah, maybe just Marine. Alright, we're so. getting way off track. Oh, so, yeah. Varys and Danny, um, not bad. I, I like that they did address it. It's addressed, whatever. Yeah. Melisandre coming out of nowhere. Why didn't she tell John? Why didn't she tell them about John's resurrection? And I and, and I also I liked how you also noticed the whole thing that she does mentioned who she believes the prince that was promised. Because yeah. Danny's so arrogant, she automatically thinks it's her. Well, so this scene, I would say that was... This scene was really ridiculous. Like, okay, so I, I really, I really dislike how much the show um, just props up Danny, John, and Tyrion. The three of them are are made into these absolute heroes. The dark sides, their faults are just forgotten, mm. like immediately. So, like you know, up in up in Winterfell, everyone's like everyone's like Tyrion Lannister. Oh, he was such a great guy. He's with Danny. Oh, he was so kind to me. Are you forgetting? Like, are you forgetting that it's public knowledge that Tyrion killed his dad? Like, like, and most of the world thinks that Tyrion killed Joffrey. So, you know, there's no reason everyone in Winterfell should be like, "Oh, gee, swell, Tyrion Lannister, so fantastic." Like. Well, wait, wait. Wasn't their initial reaction to Tyrion like, ah, oh, fuck him? Wasn't that their initial reaction? No. Like John's reaction was like, oh, really? My my good friend from our from our month at the wall. Well, John's reaction, yeah. But I'm talking about like the the other lords of the north. They're, weren't they like, ah, oh, fuck him? Because everybody still it, hates he, the Lannisters. I mean, it's true. Everybody everybody besides Davos, Sansa, and John were were like, you can't trust the Targaryens. You can't trust the Lannisters. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we're supposed to only care about what the protagonists think. And they're all like, Oh, Tyrion, great guy. And then meanwhile with Tyrion, they're like, Oh, let me tell you about Jon Snow. When he was Lord commander of the Night's Watch, he let the wildlings to the wall. When he is King of the North, you know, he, he saved, he united everyone. It's like, wait a minute. That means he's a Night's Watch deserter. Like right there, that's that connection. Like, like. Like and everyone's just like, oh, he sounds like a great guy. What? Like you just admitted that he's a Night's Watch deserter. Like he should be executed. Like he broke a vow. Technically, he didn't break his vows. Oh, he's, but he, they he served didn't... till he died, and he died and got brought they, back. Yeah, whatever. But that's the thing is, she didn't bring up that he died. Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing, right? Now, why didn't she bring it up? I think she didn't bring it up because I think she wants Danny to think that maybe she's the princess that was promised and that that saying John was resurrected is uh, perhaps a little too convincing that he's the, the chosen one, or maybe it sounds a little too desperate, too unbelievable. Well, you know? the one thing I, that stood out for me is what, Tyrion, you had like, what, maybe less than two, three scenes with John and you automatically trust him? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck Six was that? Ago. Six years ago, you knew this kid, and he was a kid, and he still is a kid. <sighs> yeah. Wait, has it been six years in the show? No, it's been like two, three years. Three I years. mean, I don't, I don't know how the time. I mean, three, four to, years? According to, according to the age of, of Gilly's baby, it's been, 
it has been 10 months, 11 months tops, <laughs> maybe a year, like, <laughs> but whatever, um, we're getting off fucking topic yeah. of uh, Melisandre being, being a sneaky snake. Yeah, she's being a sneaky snake. I mean, I, I don't mind that. I mean, in the sense of like trying to unite them, I, there's reasons, there's good reasons why she could have kept John's uh, uh, death a secret, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It, for the most part, though, the show has been just glossing over it. I really thought that when John was resurrected, they were going to make him like some religious leader, that everyone's going to be like worshiping him. Dude, like I said, in the books, yeah, there's definite reason about that, but in the show, that would that would be interesting and too cool. And of course the show wouldn't do that. Anything interesting and cool, the show never does. They always do the, the, the very thing that some random person in the blog somewhere writing fanfic would totally do. But Tor- that's, it was just frustrating because Tormund, like, they used the quote in the trailer, like, some people think you're a god. And Tor- that's the first thing Tormund says to John when he wakes up. And then that plot li- like, that line of reasoning is just dropped. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Like you have a you have a great reason that the that the North could unite around him, um, that they would they would choose him to be king, that they would all accept him, to be you know him getting out of the Night's Watch, you know him dying and coming back to life. Did you also but, catch him like the the usual hero trope of I don't want to be a hero? Did you catch him saying yeah. like uh, I, I, I never ask asked for this. this? Like what? Okay, then don't fucking take it. Give it to Sansa. Let 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 that right. be the more interesting thing. Be, be the foot soldier we all want you to be. Be the guy that goes out there and takes out the Night King and let Sansa do the diplomacy. Let Sansa treat with Daenerys. What, I mean, it would have been a much more interesting story if Sansa were the main character. Or we're John. getting we're getting we're getting into the North now. Okay, let's let let's go back to Danny a little bit. So you said okay. you got on, on Tyrion's case about that. Uh he's he's the bad general. Oh, he's horrible. God, what a horrible <laughs> horrible it's like the dumbest this is like this is like handing sansa over to ramsey kind of fuck up (laughs) how so i mean well okay rather than just winning the war win the war right there like go into king's landing and just win the war Mm -hmm. um we already saw that the dragons can do like you know pretty pretty precision strike uh plus the red keep is not near the rest of the city it's you know it's behind walls like you can totally go in and like not hurt that many people and win plus like a siege everyone's going to be starving so it's you're going to be killing lots of people like you think like if you do a siege who are the first people whose food gets taken away from them and who's the last that's the the point though the have a siege they can't be fed they go in there and they storm in and remove Cersei themselves. Danny's whole whole idea, from what I gathered, was let the people decide. And then they get killed and murdered. You know, it's like the it's like the Warsaw Rising or something. You know, like these uprisings are not. You know, a lot of people die during these things. It'd be just a lot easier to to send in a dragon, burn the Red Keep down, kill kill Cersei and Jaime. I mean, I think they're. I think. There's a reason why Tyrion made such a bad plan. The reason is he secretly doesn't want to kill his siblings. That's ah. that's like a that's a very compelling mm-hmm. motivation. What's ridiculous is everyone else in the room being like, "Oh, what a great plan!" Like, 
like Yara actually nods like, yeah, that sounds like a great plan. No, it doesn't. It's a horrible plan. Well, what like, plan? Ever- the one about uh, taking Casterly Rock? Yeah, splitting his forces up, <laughs> taking Casterly Rock, not immediately taking... Um, well, the whole taking Casterly Rock thing, that, that also is a callback to Season 2 of what Rob says. How can I call myself king if I can't hold my own castle? Technically, Cersei and Jaime are the heirs to Casterly Rock. How can anybody respect them if they can't hold their own their own birth if home. if they're respecting them after blowing up the great sept of Baylor, <laughs> they'll respect they'll respect yeah. him for anything no honestly. yeah that that's why that's why fucking <sighs> assholes just have blame it on danny you fucking cunt but it was e- it was true it was such an easy solution blame it on danny or the blame it on the mad king you know blame it blame it on the high sparrow be like he did it he was, he was a religious crazy. He was a religious crazy, and he had a suicide pact because they thought there was an alien spaceship behind the comet or something, you know? like. That's, well, the one, thing, the one thing she should have done was just, instead of just taking Casterly Rock, have your forces take it or, or, or bring into the fold the castles surrounding King's Landing because they're in the Crownlands. There are houses in the Crownlands who are devoted to the crown, of course. Mm. Have, have those... You know, have those houses bend the knee and have them do the siege. You know, or per- perhaps you know, take Griffin's Roost and then Storm's End, and you know, hope hope that banners flock to you. Is this what you're saying? <laughs> I I originally thought they were gonna do the Aegon plot. They're not. There there's no Aegon. They're not. I, I I thought they were gonna do that because my whole thing is how how can Cersei win? Back before this, how can Cersei win? Uh. Teaming up with Euron to take out Yara's fleet. Okay, fine. But I thought they were going to do what happened in the uh, the Winds of Winter preview, where d- half oh. of Danny's fleet is split up by a storm or something. That would have been nice. Yeah, that would have made a lot more sense. They 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 just botched so much in order to in order to one reuse the set, reuse the Dragonstone set, <laughs> and two like to have that like dramatic entrance. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I personally think. It would be, just be a lot cooler if they were all down in Sunspear. Like, it would just make a lot more sense. It would be neat using that, that environment again, um, the Sunspear environment. I mean, they could reuse that set. I'm, I'm glad they uh, they were never at Sunspear. They were only at the Water Gardens. Of Water Gardens, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad they did mention the Sunspear because now we'll never see it. Uh, according to <laughs> artist interpretation, it looks like the castle, the palace from Aladdin. Oh, really? Okay, so, <laughs> Dragonstone. Um... So Tyrion is the, the, the worst general here, and everybody's paying attention to him. What about Elena? Elena sounds like she wants, uh, she just wants flat-out revenge. She does, and she says, you know, be a dragon. I guess she didn't, I guess Danny didn't take the advice. Elena should have given that advice ten minutes earlier when, when Tyrion was, was giving that horrible, like, horrible plan. She mm-hmm. should have said, no, be a dragon. No one respects you guys. Just attack King's Landing now. Like that would have been the best way to go. <laughs> so you think Danny's whole thing of uh, wanting the Westerosi to take their own, uh, their own, wanting the Westerosi to, to rise up and take their own, their own castles instead of it looking like a full-on foreign invasion? You think that's not a good plan? Just, just go uh, in there, beat the shit out of everybody. I, I don't think so. Plus, like, if Dornish are helping, the Dornish are considered foreigners anyway, so that's mm-hmm. foreign. In fact, later in the episode. You know, um, <laughs> makes the foreign invasion joke. So, <laughs> why why have them be part of, you know, uh, just 
you know, what are they? Is having Dornish people do it like that much better than having uh, Unsullied do it? Yeah, not really. Speaking of the Dragonstone stuff, what about Missandei and Grey Worm? Uh, when I saw that in the trailer, I was like, oh, do we really need this? But look, as a guy, let's agree. As a guy, let's agree. When I saw the fact that they're gonna like you know start making out, I just I just got up and went to use the bathroom. But then my spidey senses tingled, and I came back just in time to watch Missandei. Masande, take it. <laughs> it was. I will say, at first, it started to be a very cringy scene. But I, I gotta give props to her as a woman for sticking by her man, even though he has no manhood. Good on her. That respect, I mean, though. So there's certain actors on the show where I just give them props because they're given so little and they do so much with it. Like who? You know. Well, I'm talking about both the actors for Masande and Grey Worm. Mm-hmm. Like they, they have, honestly, like. They were given the worst lines. The the entire Grey Worm Sandy plot has had horrible lines. Right. But at the same time, I really haven't heard anybody hate on that plot line. You know, considering that it's nothing more than a, than an extra romance, most people have been like, "Yeah, it was fine." You know, "Oh yeah, I felt something," and I chalk that up to both of those actors just acted their ass off making that relationship work um it's one of the few things that's been done fairly well in the last few seasons and i i chalk it up purely to the to those two act those two's acting acting ability because it's certainly not the dialogue you know mm-hmm. but you know they, they just they just put their fucking heart into that and they made the scene work they've made the whole relationship work something that you know Fanboys should be like, why is that here? Ugh. But it, I don't know. It's been, it's been, it's been okay, you know. I just, I, I just don't feel like we need another fucking man and woman love relationship. Maybe a woman and woman, another man and man. But I just, I just don't feel like it's necessary to be in there. I, I feel like it takes away a lot of time from things we could be doing and putting in there. I mean, that's true. But at the same time, when you're looking at the most you know, vacant emotional Danny and John, <laughs> where you're just like both those two characters are just so, just have nothing mm-hmm. that you just kind of go okay, this is we need we need someone that's a human being, um, in these scenes. Speaking of someone who isn't emotionally vacant, let's talk about Arya. So what ah. the fuck was up with Arya this... We, we briefly went into this in the Q&A, but what was up with Arya this season? I did not like how she was treating Hot Pie and being very detached. And it also it's also kind of a far cry from what she did in episode one when she was, you know, sitting around with those guys, talking with those guys. And then she meets up with someone she does know and she's all robotic. What the fuck was up with that? Yeah, the, she's jumping all over the place. Like, like I get... I don't... I don't mind the the betrayal of Arya in that hot pie scene, if that were how they were portraying her all of the time. Mm-hmm. Like if she if she is if she is PTSD'd and she's fucked up and she should be fucked up, uh, then how she was acting in that scene is exactly how she should be acting. Just nuts, off, you know, jittery, you know. She's she's been through a lot, but the problem is is like they keep portraying her differently. So. She went from, like, you know, like, oh, yeah, fist pumping, like, kill that, <laughs> kill those phrase, rocket, uh, to, 
let's have a touching scene where she sits down and feels for Ed Sheeran and, and has humanity again to the next scene of, oh my God, I, I don't know how to react. I don't know how to deal with human beings anymore. You don't know what I've been through. I can't even look you in the eye, even though you're, you're my best friend on earth to, I don't know what the Nemeria thing, Jesus, what was that? Yeah, the Nemeria thing. I really, I really wanted them to leave like the whole Nemeria thing out, or if they're going to include it. We we spoke about this briefly before. If yeah. they're going to include the Nemeria thing, just have Nemeria reject her. Maybe Nemeria that, doesn't recognize her anymore. And that's how I interpreted it first. Mm-hmm. You know, until the after the episode, you know, the, the the beyond behind the episode that told me that my interpretation was incorrect. You know, they they really should. I, I, I in my comment section was littered with people saying like they really should have left that uh, whole showrunner explaining that scene. They really should have left it out. They really should have left it to the audience interpretation because. I mean, a lot of us had, like, the best interpretation of it, and then we, we find out what it, what really was, and it was the showrunners basically doing a callback to season one, which was not necessary, and yeah. it just kind of ruined it a little for me. I'm like, oh, it's, it's something about her domesticate. Oh, okay. Cool. I thought it was Arya has changed so much from who she used to be that Nymeria almost doesn't recognize her anymore and doesn't want anything to do with her because she's so fucking different and so detached. But no, it's, it's just that Nymeria doesn't want to be domesticated again. Okay. Right. So odd. So very odd. Are we done with the Arya stuff? There's just not much to say about it? There, There isn't. Um, <laughs> there isn't. Like I say, I don't mind how she how she was with Hot Pie. I just wish they would have been portraying her that way the whole time. Right. I think it would be really, I think it would be really interesting if, yeah, she had, she had stripped off her mask after being Walder Frey and she was just jittery and off. And she talked to Ed Sheeran, and she was jittery and off. Like that would have, like, had they been consistent, like she's fucked up, that would have been kind of neat. But we'll see. I think I I think uh, I think what they're trying to go for is that the way she was to Hot Pie. That's how she is all the time now. When she was with the Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran, what's his name again? You said it right the first time last episode. Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. When she was with Ed Sheeran, the way she was now she's acting all friendly. That's the disguise. That wasn't Arya. That was her in disguise. But how she was with Hot Pie, that was so, so, uh, the so, real so, Arya. Someone pointed this out to me. Like, why didn't she keep the Walder Frey disguise and like, to, like journey across the Riverlands as Walder Frey? Because <laughs> I mean, traveling traveling Westeros as like a young, attractive female is not not a good idea. Not a, not a good idea. <laughs> so like, meanwhile. Like, but wait, wait a minute. Like, traveling as a fragile old man who everybody knows is probably Walder Frey and has a lot of money, that's I mean, the tr- better idea? In truth, she should be traveling as, as like, Black Walder or something. Mm. Um, but, f- I mean, the idea of, like, I mean, first of all, wouldn't it be fucking hilarious to have an entire season of Walder Frey traveling across <laughs> the Riverlands? Like... <laughs> Like, it's secretly Arya, but it's the actor for Walter Frey, like, everywhere. Like, he goes into he goes into the end of the crossroads, and it's like, Hot Pie, it's me! <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the whole Arya... They should have put more explanation behind it. Like, Jockin can wear a face for a long period of time because he, uh, he, he's been doing it longer. He knows how to make them last. Probably the reason Arya couldn't do Walder Frey's, Walder Frey's face for too long is because she never really finished her training, so she doesn't know how to make the face last. 
She fucking she was Walder Frey for two weeks. What was she Walder Frey about? for two weeks, or did she two save weeks? the face? What, what what was she doing for two weeks then? <laughs> hanging like, out, hang, hiding in the bathroom. I'm gonna be hiding in the attic. I don't know. Was she Walder Frey for two weeks? Did they confirm it? Two weeks. She was like. Going to bed with it. She was going to bed with his wife. <laughs> she was like running finances. She was collecting bridge duties. But 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 like, did, she, did they confirm that she was Walder Frey for two weeks? She she said that she said that uh, to the phrase, "Why did I call you back here when you were just here a fortnight ago?" So yeah, she was there. She was she was in the twins two weeks. Yeah, she was in the twin for two weeks. But as Walder Frey, I mean, the someone has to run the twins. The twins doesn't run itself. Right. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> These fucking unanswered questions. Plus, Maisie Williams. Maisie Williams. I mean, she's also on like on a box, pretending to be Walder Frey. Because Maisie Williams is short, so mm-hmm. she's like on a box, pretending to be Walder Frey for two weeks. <laughs> You're loving this way too much. It's like, just so ridiculous. Like her being like, "Okay, honey," like to the wife, "Let's go to sleep." <laughs> getting off the box, getting into bed, sleeping in that mask. Ah, uh, okay, all right. Let's get into the north. Um, so basically, by the way, Davos can read now. He, he pretty well. Yeah. Did you notice that? That was really quick. So, I mean, there's still a Sansa John thing going on here, and the audience is still, you know, playing, playing favorites. Some people like John. Some people say, some, I, I think there was some, in my comment section at least, there were some people being very, I don't want to say misogynistic, because that makes me sound like a, such a douchey social justice warrior, but there's, there's a lot of women, too, saying, how dare Sansa question John? I mean, Sansa did win the battle for everybody, so I, she did I feel also like, like why isn't John like giving her a heads up before the meetings? Like, why is he like springing this shit on Sansa so that all of a sudden she can be like, "What?" Like, it's just oh, he's, he's so irresponsible. He's like, I know, I know, it's a really dumb idea, and everyone said it was a really dumb idea for me to go to to go see Danny, um, but I'm leaving Sansa in charge, and you know, and she like argues, and then it's like caught off guard, and looks looks like. You know, she looks like a chump. Like, just fucking tell her beforehand. Be like, yeah, this is my plan, okay? We're all on the same page before we go into the meeting. Like, it's just really unprofessional. (sighs) Unprofessional. Well, John has been a king for, like, a couple of weeks. He's he's still learning the ropes. I'm just saying, look, I work, like, for my real job, I work on a team, and we go into meetings with people, Mm-hmm. And yes, we have message agreement meetings. This is like a regular thing in the business world. Message agreement meetings where you sit with your team, you're all on the same page, and then you go talk to somebody. Like right. this, is, this is like a normal thing. <laughs> also, so I'm glad they're still doing the whole Sansa John thing. But the one thing that really annoyed me this episode with the North was how Peter Baelish is still being written like an asshole. He's still being written like a guy that doesn't know what he's doing and has forgotten the past five seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's he's completely out of character. He's going to die. Know. Yeah, they have nothing else to do with him. He's going to die. Mean, they, they, they could have done the thing that we said uh, a while ago, which was have Peter team up with Cersei. Uh, he did have that scene with Cersei in season five, so why have that scene if they're not you're not gonna bring it back later with the whole you know taking, taking the North taking taking using the Vale forces there because they do outnumber the Starks. Yeah. 
taking the Veil vale forces, taking over Winterfell, and ruling it in Cersei's name. It would give Jon more of a reason to come back and, you know, do something. Maybe we can see Danny's dragons in action. But no. I mean, if if I were going to if I were going to do like what to do with Littlefinger, like I would have like him suddenly like John leaves and then him suddenly like attempt a coup and mm-hmm. make it so make it so Podrick was a little finger crony the whole time. And then it's like then it's like Podrick, um, Littlefinger and Bronzan Royce like immediately take take control of Winterfell and the north and are just like, sorry Sansa, like you thought you thought that that uh, you know, this was my plan. Actually it was to secure the north. And now I've got the north and the veil. And then then you have an enemy and you have something cool going on. And then when 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 Sansa like retaliates and eventually kills Littlefinger, you get to get rid of these characters like Podrick and Littlefinger and and But nobody Bronzo. wants to get rid of Podrick. Podrick's that nice little guy. Everybody likes Podrick. The scenes are crowded. We need to kill people off. We know that. They're not gonna, they, the reason why they, why they wouldn't do that is because we've had a someone we've had someone taking over Winterfell before while there's a Stark in charge. Back in season two with Theon and Bran, we've we've seen this before. Oh, you mean like like in season five when 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 uh, Stannis tried to take Winterfell and we had a battle for Winterfell, and then in season six when Jon tried to take Winterfell and we had a battle for Winterfell. Like you you, you don't think the, the the show repeats stuff? No, the or, show repeats itself. But I but but or how, how about it, when there was an uprising in Marine in season five, and then there was an uprising in Marine in season six. <laughs> Granted, the uprising in Marine in season five and season six. What? What? Okay, for, <laughs> hold on. Let me counter here. Give me a minute. <laughs> the um, I, I as much as I love Stannis, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call that what happened with Stannis and the Boltons. I wouldn't call that a battle. I would call that a beatdown. I would call it a slaughter. So. What happened with uh, in season six was more of a battle, more formations, mm-hmm. more, you know, Stannis had a ragtag group of people with him in that fight. Because if you saw from the aerial view, half of his army runs away when the Boltons charge. Uh, as for Marine, was there really an uprising in, in Marine? It was more like an insurgency. Well, the, the dragon pits and stuff, yeah. More like an insurgency. I mean, it was... The Sons and the Harpy came out. They started stabbing people. Mm-hmm. So it was the same thing happened at the end of season six. You know, well, the only the only difference was is that Yun Kai joined. Yun Kai joined was, in. Season six was more about Yun Kai joining in, while like season five was more about the Sons of the Harpy insurgency alone. I would say, like I said, I would say that season five was more of an insurgency, and season six was more of a shadow war. Because the forces actually do join in. Right, and then they just kind of forget about. I mean, I don't know why the Sons of the Harpy went outside, and got slaughtered by the Dothraki, but whatever. I mean, yeah, it's all weird. So, um, the North stuff, eh? It was all right this episode. Yeah, it was fun. You know, everybody sits in a room and argues. That's that's their new thing in the North. At least we're getting Northern politics. We we only get those uh, Southron politics. We don't get the uh, North stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's just way too there's just way too many people. There's way too many people in all of the scenes. They're so crowded. I mean, we've got well, we've got Glover, we've got Glover Mormont, um, John, Sansa, Davos. Littlefinger, Davos, Tormund, at least Tormund at least they kicked Tormund out. Uh Podrick, Brienne. Brienne. Mm-hmm. It's it's like it's a freaking it's a 
it's ten people in a room. Danny is seven people in a room. Um, the only place that isn't too crowded is weirdly King's Landing, which is <laughs> which is usually the place that was crowded. Right? You have you have like Cersei, Jamie, Kyburn. Occasionally the Mountain shows up. Occasionally yeah. Euron shows up. Occasionally you get like a random yeah, guest Tyler, showing up. Yeah. God. The you know, I guess turned. Old Town. Old Town is not crowded. Old Town is a good size. You've Old Town's like four, what three people? I guess if you count Gilly, it's four. Ugh, uh, no one's counting Gilly. <laughs> All right. By the way, we're going to skip the Sam and the Citadel scenes mainly because we've spoken about that so much. There's no point. Preston, join me for my episode two Q and A. We discussed Sam and Jor there, so check out that video over at Red Team Review on YouTube, season seven, episode two Q and A for our Sam and Jor discussion because we are skipping it here. Now let's get to the cream of the crop that you're on, the, the attack of the silence, the Greyjoy gray assault, whatever you want to call it. Hmm. I loved it. Absolutely great. Channeling my inner chat, Summer Child here. Absolutely great. Hmm. My one complaint is that they did it at fucking nighttime. I understand why they did it at nighttime, because it's better to attack a ship if you're going to uh. ambush the shit out of it. You can't do it in the daytime. You can yeah, you know, fucking see 360. Uh, I think it's probably easier to film as well. You don't need as much CGI. You don't mm. you know. You just... It's dark. You don't know what's going on. I will say though, there were scenes that were absolutely beautiful. Like when when Euron does take Yara, and and you have and you have Theon, and like you know the the, the smoke and the blaze is all around him. Like that was a beautiful scene. Just Theon's face when uh, he sees Euron has a sister. That was great. Beautiful I mean, scene. I'll, I love. I'll it. I'll straight up say that Alfie Allen is the best actor in the show. Like and and I think Jenna William Williams is her last name. Uh, she plays Yara. Yeah, I think yeah. she is. I think she is in the top four, um, you know, actors in the show. I mean, top four, not top five. Wh- why not? I don't know. <laughs> she's she's up there. I mean, you know, the question is, Lena Headey is really good, so it's hard not to say that Lena Headey is not not freaking great. Mm-hmm. But you know, she's she's really fantastic. So like, you know, they do their best with like even when the material is bad and even when there's no dialogue and it's just their face. You can read everything on the face, and um, and so uh, so yeah, they did a they did a great job. The, I don't think the standoff made up Jenna. Uh, I'm sorry, it's Gemma Whelan. Gemma, um, she's she's a fantastic actor. But the uh, they did what they could. I don't think the standoff made much sense. I don't know what Theon was supposed to do. Like, he had no choice but to jump in the water. Because if mm-hmm. he runs towards Euron, he's going to stab Yara. You know, so what can he do? Plus that um, PTSD, though. They, they, they really... Ramsey's yeah. torture is still affecting him. And they really... Theon, you're right, he is a good actor. Theon really... Alfie Allen really did show Theon's like whole mindset there. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, you got... I don't know what Euron was expecting... I don't, you know, to, for Theon to run into run into Euron and then just die. Mm-hmm. Euron just killed two Sand Snakes, who are, you know, supposedly the best, some of the best fighters in the world. Um, Euron must They're not be some one. of the best fighters in the world. They're not well, one of the best fighters in the, in the world. In the book, in the book, uh, uh, Obara is supposed to be pretty darn good. Yeah, um, but in the show, they fucked it up. So in the show, they suck. <laughs> but no I do like his entrance his entrance was fucking fantastic the one thing I do love about Thrones is making you believe that this world is lived in this world has personality 
and I do love little things like last season, the blackfish. If you notice, his armor looked like fish scales. Yeah. Uh, the one thing about in season four with Oberyn, he had his spear had a snake on it. With 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 uh, Euron this time around, his his outfit was garbage, but his axe. Did you see? Um, did you see the kraken on his axe? Oh no, no! I have to look back for that. You have to. Oh, there's a kraken on his axe, and you can see like the there was it was such detail. Like when he has uh, Yara, you can see the little uh, suction cups on the kraken's uh, tentacles. Your your arch nemesis uh, named it on Twitter a kraxen. Um. Oh. Oh yeah. No, it's pretty beautiful. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> little suction cups. That's a very that's a very cool looking axe. I'm sure that'll be on. Um, the gift shop for, uh, you know, an expensive gift gift shop. I doubt it somewhere. because they they only like uh, they only like they only enjoy putting out their <laughs> things you can hang up. I don't think they'll actually put out an axe that's way too fucking expensive. The only thing they ever did that expensive was Robert's Warhammer, but everything else is all Valyrian steel. I mean, they never even they never even sold uh, Euro not Euron Oberyn Martell's spear. So, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> maybe 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 I'll you know I'll get this custom made for you one day. <laughs> <laughs> I will say the out of all the weapons we're getting off track here. One of the weapons I really enjoy is Dario's dagger. It has the naked woman on it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Roose Bolton's dagger that he used to stab Rob Stark had the the uh, House Bolton sigil on the handle. So I do like yeah. stuff like that. Little details like that make this world work for me. So I so I I enjoyed that part of it, but I I just hated how it was at nighttime. I wish it was at dusk or maybe twilight. Uh, yeah, I mean, some people are still angry that that the fleet was able to sneak up on them. Like that was just really incompetent. That, there's a reason they uh, do call the flagship the Silence. So yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I mean I don't know I don't I don't, and I mean some somebody that knows ships better you know would would have to would have to let me know. I mean it might have been like a moonless night or something. And everybody has black sails, and they just kind of came in super fast. And so, and you're, are you saying you didn't like that scene, or the whole Greyjoy assault scene? No, no, no. I I, I liked it. I'm saying that other. I've heard other people complaining that mm. that how could he sneak up like that? That seems that seems uh, quite shocking. But what's your basic uh, impression of it? Good, not good. Uh, in some places, what, what, would you have changed something? Um. I would have had I wouldn't have had the the camera be so shaky. I wouldn't have I had hated so many that. I wouldn't have had so many quick cuts. I'm not a fan of quick cuts. Me neither. Um, that that's why that's one of the reasons I hated the Oberyn versus Mountain fight. You know, like I really love like Hong Kong fighting style where they Where they just, keep the camera. They keep the camera yeah. and you just see them fighting. Mm-hmm. Unlike unlike American movie style where where somebody throws a punch, they cut away, and then the next cut is somebody flying across the room. So you, right. you, didn't, you didn't see anything. So Jackie Chan actually uh, criticized that because in a lot of Jackie Chan's movies, if you notice, whenever he's fighting like a large group of people, he never throws the first punch. The camera has to be still. Or at least, like, if they're gonna have, you're gonna have like three cameras. Never cut really quickly. Just keep it where the where the people can see the fighting. Not only that, yeah. but he, whenever he's fighting a large group of people, he's always on the ground. He's always at a lower uh, elevation. Like he, he's very, he's on the ground. He's low. That way, he can come up and do his thing. You, he yeah. never wants to be like the threatening, intimidating guy who towers over everybody with his skills. Um, but I really like the Greyjoy assault scene. That's something we needed. In the Q&A, you argued that we shouldn't have killed the Sand Snakes. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we should have killed the Sand Snakes. Uh, I mean, the Sand Snakes, don't get me wrong, I think the Sand Snakes were disastrous, and, mm -hmm. and they handled them very poorly. But, sorry, you're committed. You introduce these characters, you need to give, you know, you need to give enough time and development uh, to make their introduction, you know, uh, meaningful. Like, right. You can't just kill them off. You've already introduced it. You're stuck. Mm -hmm. So, um, and so I, I think they should have kept them around longer. There are I other agree. people to kill off. Yeah, but, and, and the Sand Snake, what was the thing you said? Because you really made fun of this in the q and I had to cut it, unfortunately. But uh, you made fun of how, like, people were, uh, were, uh, the, every, almost everybody, every, other, almost every other Game of Thrones YouTuber opened up with them dying and them going, and how it was so basic. Was that your word? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, it it became it became the cool, the hip, cool thing to hate the sand snakes. And yeah, mm -hmm. the sand the sand snakes are dumb, but at the same time, like you you know, there's a lot of dumb things that have been stuck around. But you got to see it through to the to the logical conclusion. Otherwise, or at least this... or at least transform it into something better. One of your ideas yeah. in the Q and A was making Lady Nim a little finger spy. Right, something something like that. Make Lady Nim a little finger spy. Um, Make one of them a traitor. Have one of them disappear and then show up at the Citadel as a as a as an acolyte mm -hmm. uh, to take on Sorella Sand's role. I mean, there's so many little neat things that you could have done. Have have one insist on being part of the uh, the. You know, just something. By the way, I do apologize. I had to bleep you there because you said some spoilery things. But uh, continue. Instead, we just kind of had this intro. We had them fight. Um, uh, Ariel Hota, and then you know what would have been really cool though that I that I'm kind of adding on to your idea yeah. now having one uh, having at least maybe all three of them be Littlefinger spies and uh, sending them actually not all three maybe like maybe I would do Lady Nim send her to the Citadel and the reason she's sending Lady Nim to the Citadel is to foil John because Sam is giving John the information. So she sends Lady Nim to the Citadel as an acolyte to find Sam and stop him. So you have yeah. a fight between Sam and Lady Nim where he's getting his ass kicked and as she's about to kill him, Jorah steps in, saves him, and there you go. And and the other thing <clears throat> is what, what would also be neat is there's three of them. Have them have three distinct personalities and backstories and allegiances. I think right. one of... And that would have been a fun trick because right now the Sand Snakes were interchangeable. You know, and so having 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 two sand snakes die doesn't mean anything because Tyene's still there. You're just trimming the fat. Um, there was, you know, they didn't have different allegiances. But if you had Littlefinger have one of them and one, you know, uh, them being different allegiances, that would have surprised everyone. Like, embarrassed oh, had maybe Obara yeah. or something like that. Like I thought they were all the same, but it turns out they were like incredibly different. Mm -hmm. You know, that would have been that would have been something. Oh well, it's, maybe maybe when they reboot this in fifty years, we can uh, they'll, they'll 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 if we're still alive, they'll they'll call the, upon one of us to be a writer. This is the this is the this is my problem is so George, when George R. R. Martin put it in his plan, he wanted a cascading plot. Right. You know, uh, you introduce phase one, then phase two comes in, then phase three comes in. Right now, the show is kind of doing a sandwich plot. Where we introduce a bunch of crap in the beginning, a bunch of characters in the beginning, mm -hmm. and then we introduce some more characters, but all those characters we introduced are unimportant because we're going to get back to the, the, the important characters from the beginning. So it's just going to be a sandwich. 
Like, John, Danny, Tyrion, Arya, Sansa. Everybody that we introduced in the beginning is important. All this other stuff, that's just irrelevant filler. You know, it's a sandwich. It would have been way better had they introduced a lot of these characters back in Season 5, like Euron, and, you know, how... Whatever, we could, we could do this forever, but uh, let's wrap this up, Preston. We've yeah. been doing this way too long. I know it's probably like, what, midnight for you right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for watching. As always, once again, we are on SoundCloud and iTunes. Be sure to check us out there. Also, please follow Preston on Twitter or me on Twitter to keep up with all the latest podcast updates. Once again, if you're watching this on iTunes, please leave us a review. We like to read, the, the, we like to read those reviews. Preston, you have anything you want to say before we get off? That's all. Thanks for watching. Check out Preston Jacobs' channel at uh, Preston Jacobs on YouTube. Also check out his Twitter and Facebook, Preston Jacobs 9000. Uh, sweet, Ro- sweet Robin 9000. Sweet Robin 9000. I'm sorry. Preston <laughs> Jacobs to- 9000 was taken. Yeah, I was taken. Um, oh, fuck. I always forget to talk about the fact that you're taboo. God damn it. We just have to, have to wait till after the season. Also, there were a couple of minutes I removed from this episode. Preston and I briefly go into a small theory regarding weirwood ships. If you're supporting me on Patreon, then that will be available to you as a Patreon exclusive. If you're not, then consider doing so. You'll have access to that and more behind-the-scenes clips of Preston and I discussing some topics that were cut from previous episodes due to time constraints. Even if you're not a fan of my channel, it's still the official Patreon for this podcast, so definitely consider checking that out. But guys, thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one.